Welcome to Be The Light Podcast with C.B. Barflow, lead pastor of Denver Beacon. I am your host, Pastor Ty Morris. Our desire is to lead the lost, the broken, and the hopelessness of our communities, to be light bearers in our city set on a hill. Now tune in for our sermon series. But I'm going to figure it out. Amen. I'm from Texas. Everything is bigger, including our podiums, apparently. And uh, what an amazing time of worship. Can we give it up for the worship team? Um, I did bring my lovely wife of 15 years now. Uh, Her name is Valerie, and she puts up with me daily. And I'm incredibly thankful for that. I leave my uh, three kids stayed at home. Uh, there's, uh, mentioned them last time, Zoe, um, we call her the lioness. And Oliver, we call him the legend. And my little daughter, Nova, she's our youngest, um, we call her the hero. And uh, we, um, we're just really just... We're just really getting away from them, guys, if I'm not going to lie. I mean, I just happen to be here and I'm preaching. But the real reason we're here is we're just escaping our kids. And all the parents said, okay, so you get it. You get it. Um, I do want to give honor where honors due. Uh, Pastor CB um, has, and Chanel have been incredible friends of ours for I don't even know how long anymore. Um, we just love them and we care for them dearly. Um, I will tell you this. There's not many people in the world that will walk with you like Pastor CB does. Um, he, um, he just knows. He's an incredible, incredible shepherd. Um, now, that being said, when he goes and hangs out with us uh, back home, he is an incredible shepherd, but he is not Latino. <laughs> He's married to one. And so we're like, we like to hang out. And party, you know, and just, you know, cook out. And CB will be there. And he's like, it's time for me to go home. I'm like, CB, it's 7 o'clock. We're just getting started. Uh, I'm kidding. He's an incredible friend. We love them dearly. And we're incredibly honored that um, they would have us here when they're not here. I don't know if I should take that as a sign of friendship (laughs) or a sign of, I don't like you, so go ahead and preach while I'm not there. But we love them incredibly, and uh, they're near and dear to our hearts, and so is Beacon Church. And um, I'm just so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I'm so thankful for the mercy of God. I'm so thankful that God does not give up on me. Amen. I'm so thankful that God is good all the time. It doesn't matter where you're at. He's always good. I'm just thankful that he loves us. And this incredible, I have to let you know that this is as much as you think it. this is about your love for him. It's not. It's about his love for you. And it always will be. And I just don't want to be here this morning playing church and singing some kumbaya songs and playing karaoke. This is real to us. And if it's not real, let it all crumble, right? But if it's real, Lord, have your way. And so this morning, we're going to get a little real. I know, you know, the last time I was a little funny and we were at the Comedy Works Club and... I don't know if I'll be this funny this time, but I hope, I hope you still get a good word. Because I'm not the preacher, the Holy Spirit is. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, Heavenly Father, you are good. Have your way in all of us. Father, we're not playing church. We are the church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How am I going to do this with the world's smallest podium? Apparently, I'm T.D. Jakes. <laughs> I love T.D. Jakes. He's the goat, but I'm, I'm not going to sweat like T.D. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, thanks, thanks, though, Josh, for the towel. I appreciate it. I'm going to start sweating now. Any of y'all have kids? Yeah. Amen. A few of you. Uh, those of you who do know that your children have this special ability 
right? They all do, all my kids especially. And it's maybe one of the most annoying things our kids do. And it is simply this. They're always there. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like, like, is it, is it just my kids? Like, aren't my kids like, do you have the creepy kids? Like, I have a two-year-old and she's like knocking on the restroom door. I'm trying to get away from everybody and I see her little hands <laughs> in the bottom and she's like, dad. I'm like, no, dad is busy hiding from mom and all of you. It's, it's, it's incredible, you know, my son loves playing football and we have, a, you know, uh, he'll bring, if I sit the second I sit on the couch, he brings me a football, he has his gloves on and he wants to run routes in the living room. And I'm like, this is great and I hope you make the NFL, but right now, no, I just, it just never stops. They are always there. I can't get rid of them. Is there a plan for that? I don't know. Oh, they're always there. It's so bad. Isaiah 7, 14 says, um, interestingly enough, that um, there, a baby will be born and you will call him Emmanuel. And that means God with us. So in a way, um, you know, there's a scripture that says God watches you while you sleep. That's kind of weird. Do you just get the picture of God? <laughs> I just, I don't know. The Bible is so funny sometimes, right? Uh, also, I didn't know what to call this message, so I just called it another sermon. Uh, that points you more to Jesus, because that's what all our sermons should be about, if we're being real. And, 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 and there's some, so God with us. So in a, a way, if you would, you serve a God that hopefully not annoying, but let's be real, Pastor Ty, sometimes it can be very annoying because God is always with you. He never gives up on you. And sometimes that's amazing, but sometimes when you're trying to get yours, it's annoying. Oh, y'all too real today, right? Uh, y'all too holy? Do I got the, is this the holy Sunday where everybody's, by the way, holy just means set apart. It doesn't mean perfect. So you're all holy. When you decide to serve Jesus, no matter where you've been, no matter what, you're, what you've done, no matter what you're in, you are in that moment holy. Because holiness doesn't come from your performance, it comes from your decision, amen? So you say, I'm holy. Okay, so you're good. So in, in a very annoying way, God is always with us. I grew up in the, in the I, I was born in 80. I know I'm only like 22, it's cool. But I was born in 1980, I'm 42 years old. Honey, do you know my age? She barely knows my birthday. Uh, so, so I grew up in the time um, where... Uh, Oh, God. Um, what, what were those book series? Um, the ones that scare you? No, not Goosebumps. Y'all of the world. <laughs> the ones that will scare you to heaven? Left behind? They will scare the, the, the hell out of you. Can I say that in Beacon? Uh, Y'all remember those books? Like they will have you terrified that the Lord was going to come back in your worst moments. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm going to get too vulnerable. Vulnerability is a power. I met my wife on MySpace. Shut up. <laughs> I, I was ahead of the game before the game. I was in the DMs before DMs was a thing. And I got me one. Amen. And so... <laughs> but she wasn't even, I don't know if she was saved or what. I don't know. She, she's saved now. Thank you, Lord. Uh, but we met, uh, we met because we met on, online. And back then it was like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. But now it's pretty normal. Uh, we met. She's like, okay, you fine and all. Is that what you said? Okay. Okay. Uh, you fine and all. I'll just go with that's my story. That's my person. 
uh, but I don't want to be killed. <laughs> so let's meet at the club. And I'm like one foot in. I'm like you. One foot out. I'm sweating now like TDJs. Amen. And um, I, I'm like, okay. But I, was, I would be terrified. Now, I'd have a good time. But I'd be terrified that if, as soon as I step into that club, we're going to hear trumpets from heaven. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. And then, boom, rapture. And I'm going to be stuck in the club listening to 50 cents. Or it's that weird seat point where everybody's doing the lights. Y'all don't know that, what I'm talking about. Was that some of y'all? Eh. And I was so terrified. And that's what I'm talking about, that sometimes God being with you is incredible. But sometimes when you're trying to get a wife in the club, come on, somebody, and you're like, God, and God's there. He's there with you. And the whole time I'm at the club, I can hear by the Spirit of God, Victor. Victor. I'm like, I just, it's, it's the 50 Cent song. <laughs> Victor, Victor, and by the way, um, don't tell my kids that story. Um, by the way, look how God redeems your story, right? Watch, watch, watch. That club <laughs> is now a church. And so, no, 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 stop, wait. And so now when our kids ask, where did y'all meet? <laughs> well, we met at this church. Now, technically, we met. I mean, it wasn't a church back then. It was crazy. But, but God is always with us. Luke chapter 1, I have to read from the Beacon Bible here. Amen, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Ooh, I ain't even started yet. I'm so sorry. We're going to get there. Uh, we'll preach to the breakfast. Luke chapter 1. Let's see where we at. Okay. All right. This is good. Say, God's with me. Luke chapter 1 uh, and verse uh, 26, if you would. They put it back up there. Oh, they did. They got it real big back there. It says, in the, um, in the sixth month, angel Gabriel was sent from God to a, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin uh, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is what? Okay, you're getting it. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son. And this in the sixth month with her was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, come on, say Mary said. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed her. Now, I, I find it really funny that the angel, a sneaky little angel, did not. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You can come back with that. Come back with that. Josh, you did good, but not, but not yet. Not yet, Josh. I'm just going to keep this right here. I, I, I find it funny that, that you can go sit down, Josh. Enjoy. Enjoy. Give it up for Josh. Um, uh, Josh picked me up in a uh, Mustang, and he's learning how to parallel park, people. It's amazing. Expert. Expert level. I find it funny that, that the devil left, not the devil, the angel left out all of the details. He's like, listen, uh, you're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. You're going to carry the, uh, the Savior of the world. Are you good? I'm with you. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. And then he, you see the end of the, end of the, end of the text? And he left her. <laughs> Wait. 
I'm not good. He left out like, you know, like, hey, listen, Mary, they're probably going to talk about you online. They're going to probably talk about you on the threads. You know, they're going to they're talk about you on Twitter. You're going to be trending because here you are saying you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But yet Mary's response is simply this. If you're going to be with me, I'm down. If you are going to be with me, I'm in. But then you get to Joseph and, 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 and poor Joseph. Joseph doesn't get enough love. I feel like Joseph could pull any card he wants to with Mary, right? Like, like because Mary comes up to him and says, hey, um, honey, yeah, I'm pregnant. But you know how this works, Mary. It ain't by me. Yeah, it's by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so um, <laughs> I feel like Joseph could have done anything he wanted to from that point on. Like he could have lied to her and been like, uh, where were you, Joseph? Uh, I I was playing golf. No, you weren't. You see how it sounds, Mary? It's not real. Like he could have pulled any card with her. If this story is telling us anything, it's that if you accept Jesus, now I don't want to scare you, but if you accept Jesus, it might cause some situations in your life that you might just have to get over. Wow. Look at Matthew 19. Uh, I, 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 I just like to read from the, from, the, from the Beacon Bible. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. Um, tell your neighbor, say, hey, neighbor, get over it. <laughs> yeah, and her husband Joseph, uh, being just a man, being a just man, not just a man, amen. Being a just man and willing, uh, unwilling to put her to shame. I feel like we could, we could solve definitely America's problem just right there. If we could just get that part, unwilling to cancel her. Being a just man, unwilling, I'm stuck on that. Unwilling to put her to shame. Her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her even in that quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, uh, do not, uh, where do we go? Uh -uh, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. And bear a son, and they shall call his name, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I don't want you to think that just because you gave your life to God, that it's always going to be easy. I don't want you to think that just because you've given your life to God, that it's, I don't know what your it's is that you have right now, but I don't want you to think just because you've given your life to God that it has to be over or that it's over. In fact, it might mean the opposite. It might mean that there will be some things in your life that you, when you give your life to God that require you just to trust him more. Can I get an amen? It might mean there are some things that are coming your way that are going to try to offend you and offend your faith. It might mean that there are some things in your life that will not be over yet. And for some of you, the things may not ever go away. My daughter came into the, she's 12 years old. She came into my, uh, I was studying the other day. She said, dad, I said, what's up? She goes, I don't get it. I said, well, talk to me, baby girl. She's like, uh, you know, those guys in the boat? I said, okay, yeah. She goes, uh, they got scared of the storm. I said, yeah. She goes, well, I don't understand. I was like, why? She goes, well, well, I mean, like, they had Jesus in the boat with them. I said, yeah, they did. She goes, so they, they just, just because they had Jesus in the boat, they didn't expect a storm? I said, oh, you're preaching. 
Let me write that down. <laughs> just because you got Jesus in the boat, I think that's what happens. I think just because we think we have Jesus, we're not going to have storms. Life gets hard sometimes, not because God's not with you, but maybe life gets hard because God is so with you that the devil and all of hell is afraid of what God is going to use you for. Amen. He's so with you, right? I'm not, and I'm not making light of your moments. I'm not making light of the things you're dealing with. I'm not making light of the things that you've gone through or the things that you've experienced. I'm not making light of the horrible moments that, that, that has happened in your life. I just don't want you to look back at your life and because of a horrible moment, say you had a horrible year. You had a horrible, like all of it was bad? Yeah, you know, 20. 21, I, uh, I uh, tripped and fell down the beacon stairs because they're deadly. <laughs> I broke my ankle. And it was a horrible year. Wait, no, that, it was a moment. I don't know if it was maybe a horrible year, but here's what the devil knows, that you and I are really good. We're really good at taking moments and making them into monuments. And the thing about monuments is that monuments require your what? Your worship. And that's what the devil knows because the devil doesn't care if you don't worship him. Let me help you out. Really? Yeah, well, at least I'm not a devil worshiper. Shut up. None of us really are devil worshipers. Here's the thing. The devil really doesn't care if you don't worship him. All he cares about is that you don't worship God. That's it. And so what we do is we build up these big monuments and before we know it, because of a moment in our life that didn't make sense, even though God was there, even though he was there and he's never left us or never forsaken us, even though he was there, we take a moment and we make it a monument. And now we worship that monument more than we worship our God. Oh, we're going to get free today. We're going to get free today. You don't care. He don't care. I don't know who this is for, but, but devil, you can't have my year. You can't have my months. You can't have my weeks. You can't have my days. You cannot have my hour. You cannot have my minute. Because you know who has me? God has me. Emmanuel has me. God with us has me. Everywhere I go, he goes, you know the Bible says that you can make your, make your, your, your bed in hell and he's going to be right there with you. There's nowhere you can go. He's watching you. He's everywhere. And he's just waiting. God with me. Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to get to the end of it. I promise. Eventually. 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 Ephesians chapter uh, 2 uh, verse 1. Watch, watch. watch. Maybe one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. And you were dead. Ooh, tell your neighbor, you were dead. In the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Here's my favorite two words in the Bible, but God. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. That's the whole gospel in a nutshell right there. I was dead, but God. I was lost, but God. I was hopeless, but God. I've been through some seasons, but God. I had a moment, but God. I had a situation, but God. It's not over, but God. I'm still dealing with some things, but God. Come on, is there anybody in here that's still dealing with some things? You know what? I'm here to tell you. They sent me all the way from West Texas to tell you, yeah, but God. Oh, but you don't understand what I'm dealing with. I don't, but God does. 
and God is going to redeem it, and God is going to use it, and God is right there with you, and he never leaves you, and he never forsakes you, but God, my son had a, a bug in his room the other day. He had a bug in his room, and uh, him and my daughter run out the room, and they're screaming, ah! I'm like, is there like a dinosaur in there? Like, what's happening? And he goes up to me, he says, Dad, there's a bug in my room. And so I said, Oliver, yeah, kill the bug. There's chanclas everywhere. Kill the dang bug, son. He goes, Dad, yeah, I don't kill the big ones. Okay. You measure it? What happened? Like, I only kill the small ones, Dad. Okay. And then Zoe goes, yeah, Dad, he doesn't kill the big ones. What? Did, did y'all, did I miss the meeting? Like, and I was like, Zoe. She goes, yeah. She's told me. I said, well, then you kill the bug. She goes, no, Dad. I said, why? She goes, because I trained him to kill the bug. <laughs> I missed the whole montage the whole Rocky Creed montage of you training your brother how to kill bugs. And I told him, listen, y'all got to get over it because there's bugs everywhere. <laughs> You're going to sleep at night? I promise you, mom cleans this house really good, but there's bugs lurking under your bed. You leave, you leave the house, and can I tell you something? What, well, Dad, there's bugs waiting outside in the grass just to bite you. I terrified them. You know what I mean? Maybe not. I don't know. It's great parenting. And they're like, yeah? I said, yeah. I said, you know what? Let me get up. I said, you have to get over this because there's more bugs coming. I said, you got to get over this. So I said, okay, let's go. I'm going to kill the bug for you this time. So I get ready, you know, and I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm swole. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go kill this bug. And I get to the room and I start walking up to the bug that's probably this big. And uh, I get closer and closer and closer and closer. And to my amusement, the bug was already dead. So it got me, you're laughing, but it got me thinking, what are some of the dead things in your life that are keeping you from living the life that God has called you to? Mm. Mm-hmm. You tripping over dead bugs. Huh? No, yeah. Well, I'm over my baby daddy. Well, why do you keep posting about it? And I'm over how they treated me at Walmart and they cut me. Well, then why are, you, why are you so angry? Well, they need to know when you up in there and your new Threads app. Come on. And your new Facebook. You still Facebook? I don't know what you're doing. Right, but, but you're just all up in it and posting about it and you just offended. Nobody cares. You got seven followers. Like, <laughs> it's good. What are some of the dead things in our lives that are keeping us from serving God. Can I be even, can I, can I go a little bit deeper? <laughs> the church is funny. Because you know what? You know what's finished? Sin. Churches are so funny. Because somebody gets caught up in sin. And we just want to get away from them. And we want nothing to do with them. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought sin was a dead thing. I thought Jesus took care of sin. And we, churches don't like this kind of teaching. Because we want our people to look like our churches. And they shouldn't, you shouldn't like, look like you go to Beacon Church. You should look like Jesus. And what happens is we get churches together and people groups and we start looking a certain way. And we look like, a but you shouldn't look like that. You should look like Jesus. And the thing is, Jesus took care of, uh, of sin. And we, we see people who get caught up in sin and we want nothing to do with them. You, congratulations, you look nothing like Jesus. 
God is saying this morning, I know it may not have gone the way you wanted it to, but I was still in it. It's not over. I'm just over it. Let me say that again. It's not over. I'm just over it. There may be some things in your life that are not over. But church, hear me, please. You better get over it. And not like I'm done with, no, like, like you better get on top of it. Like that thing better be under your feet, amen? Like you need to get over some things in your life to get to where God has you, right? Joseph, your girl's going to have a baby. It's not over. It's going to get crazy. People are going to think you're weird, but you better get over it to fulfill the destiny that God has for you. Mary, you're going to have a child, a virgin birth, impregnated by the Holy Spirit. People are going to talk about you. They're going to look at you weird. They're going to avoid you at Walmart. I don't know, but it's not over, Mary, but to serve God the way he's called you to serve God, to get to your destiny, there's some things that are not over in your life, but you better start getting over them. You got to. You got to get over the things because if you're not over it and it's over you, now it becomes something you carry instead of something you walk on. And it's harder getting you to your destiny while you're carrying your disappointments. What's my destiny? Oh, oh, this is easy. This is almost too easy. Like you need a good theologian to get you messed up, right? What's your destiny? Jesus. What's my destiny? Oh, um, Jesus is your destiny. We went to uh, Denver uh, Art Museum, which is incredible. Seven floors of art, and it was amazing. We had a great time. I, was, I left there, and I'm thinking, look at the monuments we've built of the here and now and of the past. And we very rarely talk about heaven. Can I, can I be honest with you? The way we move here should be because of where we're going. That's it. That, that's how we should move. Oh, what's your destiny? <laughs> this is easy. What's your story? Uh, Jesus. No, wait, well, this is obviously my story. I, no, 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 no. Jesus is your story. Um, Jesus shouldn't be first in your life. What? No. Jesus should be the center of your life. Because if he's first, that means there's a second and third and you prioritize. No, no, no. Jesus is the center of everything that I do. What's your destiny? Jesus. Okay, what's my story then? Jesus. All right, then what's my testimony? Oh, this gets easier. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, but I overcame some things. Like I used to go to a club like you, Pastor, and I got saved. And I used to hang out with Ty back in the day, but I got saved. And I, I've overcome. I'm not making light of any of those things. Those stories are great. They're amazing. But all of our testimony is simply this. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be here. What's your destiny? What's your story? What's your testimony? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, right? There, are, you, are you getting it yet? This is about Jesus. There are some things in your life that you are not over yet, and they're still over you. And they want to take your story. But sometimes God leaves a thing in your story because he wants to see if you are more loyal to, loyal to your situation than you are to your Savior. But the thing about God, the thing about God is he's always pursuing you. Always. I'm at the club. Victor. Victor. I hear my mom in the back. Get out of there, chamuckle. <laughs> Victor. Victor. I'm not just trying to get crazy. Victor. Oh, you're annoying. Victor. Come on, you hear that same voice? What are you doing on that website? What are you doing on that with those people? What are you doing in that area? Victor. John chapter 11. Verse 1. 
I'm going to prove it to you. Watch. It's so good. It says, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her, and her sister. Um, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet. She loved him with her hair, whose, who, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. Um, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Did you see it? God left something there. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. This is the funniest verse in all the Bible. He loved them so much. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. This is getting weird. Drop down to verse 11. Like, okay, I love you. I'll be there in two days. All right. Okay, Jesus. Uh, verse 11 um, says this. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I, I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus was speaking of his death, but the disciples weren't really all there. They thought he was making, uh, making, I meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, this is another funny one, Lazarus is dead. Okay. He died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, uh, said to the fellow disciples, let us all go there so that we may die with him. It's the Bible. They give you hope. They give me hope, right? It's like, okay, let's go die with him. And Jesus is probably like, oh, my God. Oh, and me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, verse 28, uh, when Jesus goes and he says when he gets there, when, uh, when she said this, uh, she went and called. Uh, you know what? I think I need to go to verse. Okay, yeah. Uh, verse 17, now Jesus came and found Lazarus um, had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews, I'm in verse 19, uh, had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard the, that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But here it is. Here's where we're landing. But Mary remained seated in the house. Hmm. Skip down to 28. When she said this, she went and called her, uh, her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here, and he's calling for you. Mary, Victor, Ty, he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went for him. Now, Jesus had not come into the village yet. Ooh, that's so good. I'm going to get there. But was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were there with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing uh, that she was going to the tomb of the, uh, to weep. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here's the base of the text. I'm going to close out. And I'm sweating. This is my fault. <laughs> Lazarus is sick. They send word to Jesus two miles down the road. Um, just two miles. And Jesus waits two days. He could have been there at a fast-paced walking in 24 minutes. And he says, I'll be there in two days. So when he finally does leave, he gets to the point where they're at. And here's the, 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 the crazy thing is that Jesus um, comes up to the gate of the house and he doesn't go in. Now Martha runs out to greet Jesus because she knows Jesus is there. But Mary stays in the room. This is, I should have named this, this whole message, There's Something About Mary. Because I want to talk to Mary. Because we've all been Mary. The Mary that knows what she should be doing and how she should be serving and how she should be, how she should be honoring God, that Mary. I want to talk to that Mary because, because Mary, that Mary, life happens to her and Jesus shows up and he goes to the gate. He doesn't come in and, he, and when Jesus shows up, Martha goes to meet him and Mary... stays in the room. And Jesus comes to the gate and Mary 
knows he's there and chooses to stay in the room. And now I know it's easy to make this scripture about old Lazarus. I call him Lazzy, right? But resurrecting Lazarus might have been easier to do than getting Mary out of her room. Because Lazarus was dead, dead. You know what I mean? Like dead, dead, right? Mary was just dead in her offense. But Jesus doesn't resurrect only some dead things. Jesus comes to make all things new. And Mary's locked up in her house. She's singing Akon. I'm locked up. You know what I mean? And the Bible says Mary stays back. She's like, I'm going to stay here. I'm hurt. I'm offended. I know Jesus is out there, but I don't even care. And I feel like it's that little piece of evidence that still echoes in many of our lives today, that even though Jesus is there, that we are hurt, we are locked up in our room, and we don't even care that he's there because I'm offended and I'm hurt. And I've, life has happened to me. And it don't even have, your room can't eat, doesn't even have to mean that. that could, you understand Mary's was, was with the people who comforted her. With the Bible says with the mourners, with the gossipers. And she was comfortable. See, your room doesn't even have to be something bad. Can I be honest with you today, Beacon? Y'all looking at me in this room and I should be out there. But it doesn't matter because I'm acting like Mary. Can I be honest with you? It's simply, your room could also be a place of comfort. The thing about comfort, it doesn't discriminate. The only thing comfort does in your life is it keeps you from using the one thing that pleases God, and that's your faith. And a lot of us are locked up in the comfort of our own rooms, and we don't care that Jesus is there. We're comfortable. Whether it be in our offense, whether it be in our hurts, whether it be in something that we're going through right now, or it could be that where life is good. And because life is so good, I really don't need Jesus. I don't care that he's at Beacon on Sunday. I don't need to be there. I, don't, I can forsake the gathering because I'm comfortable and I'm good where I'm at. Comfort does not discriminate. You can be comfortable being a millionaire or you can be comfortable using food stamps. It doesn't matter. Comfort does not discriminate. And Mary hi, is... Uh, is Mary's locked up in her room. I'm hurt. This is crazy, y'all. Because before you couldn't pull Mary away from Jesus. Come on, has that been you before? She loved him incredibly. She honored him like crazy. And now, because of life, she is locked up in her room. That's why I'm so thankful that this life is not about my pursuit of God, but it's about his pursuit of me. Because it doesn't matter how much I love him. There are going to be some seasons that I go through that I'm going to want to stay in this room. But the good news is that God always comes to me. He pursues me. He doesn't stop. I'm so thankful that Jesus doesn't leave it up to my pursuit of him. I'm so thankful that Jesus left it up to his pursuit of me. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that he's pursuing you day in and day out. You know those kids like, Victor, come here. And I, you, know, you, know, you know, sometimes we're like, we're like kids in the other room. And when mama says, Zoe, yeah. <laughs> Come here. What you want, mom? Ooh. Uh-uh. What you need? Zoe, come here. Hey, give me a minute. And a lot of us are like our kids when we're trying to holler at them to tell them to come here so they can get something done. But we want to serve God from down the hallway in the other room. And we're upset that we don't have clear instruction. But it's not that you don't have clear instruction. It's that you're not coming. You're just not coming. He's in constant pursuit of you. All he wants is you. All of you. And he says this, he doesn't go to the gate. He stands outside over here, outside of her monument of life, if you will. And, and, and Martha runs out 
And then he tells Martha, hey, uh, go tell Mary to come here. Come here. He doesn't go in because Jesus knows how Mary is caught up in her own story of offense. And he stays where he's at, Ty, and he says, hey, yeah, go tell Mary to come here. In his constant pursuit of you, all he wants is you. All of you. He's trying to get to Mary, and he's trying to tell her, Mary, get up. Get up. Get up, Mary, and separate yourself from what's keeping you from me. Mary, Get up, Mary, come here. And while he's doing that, he's simultaneously giving us the answer to humanity in the midst of a thriller video, if you would. Y'all get that later because Lazarus comes out the grave. And so, and he gives us the answer to humanity in the midst of a miracle. He's saying something even maybe louder than Lazarus' Netflix documentary, Right? Like he's saying something louder. And with two words, he essentially sets us up for our own miracles in our own life. And it's simply this. Hey, Mary, I know you're hurt. I know you're offended. I know you're comfortable. I know you're going through some things. I know it doesn't all look right. But Mary, come here. And with those two words, he gives us the answer to humanity. Come here. Don't overcomplicate this, please. I need the deep feel. Shut up. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Mary, come here. Could it be that most of us are locked up in our offenses, in our lives, and we've made moments into monuments and we're really not serving and following God like we should. We're serving and following God from our rooms down the hallway. And God is saying, come here. And we're like, yeah, what's your name? Come here. I can't give you clear assignment until you come here. Oh, I'm pursuing you always. But I can't give you Simon because Jesus gets to the gate and he doesn't go in. And what he's doing is he's telling Mary and he's telling everyone else and he's telling all of us, all of us this. It's simply this. Oh, I'll come for you. That's the gospel. That's the good news, that I will go for you. I will never leave you. I'm always pursuing you. I'm always after you. That's the grace of God. I don't care what you've done. Lay your bed in hell. I'll go after you. It doesn't matter. That is the gospel. That's what he's telling. I will go for you, but you got to meet me there. You got to meet me there. And I feel like for a lot of us, Jesus is right on the outside because he's always there. And he's just right here saying, come here. Come here. Come here. He gets to the gate. He doesn't go in because he can't touch, because he's a gentleman, what you're unwilling to surrender. Mary, come here. Come here out of the place that's hurting you. That's all he's asking and you go on to read it, after she goes to him, she falls at his feet, and then he goes, all right, let's go raise Lazarus. Do you get it yet? Do you get it? Let me help you out. If you don't get anything, get this. Jesus doesn't need you. He wants you. He doesn't need you. And, oh, I gotta, I gotta, oh, I better get it figured all out. I gotta cross every T and dot every I and figure it out before I can serve God. No, 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 he's never needed you. He's only ever wanted you. Yeah, but she's hurting. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's why he's there. And he loves her there, right? Because he's there. 
but he will not enable you there. Don't miss it. Because you're like, well, pastor, it'd be easier for him to walk to her, right? Like, just go in, Jesus. But, but maybe he's there to resurrect her too. Maybe he's there to get her out of a grave too. Maybe there's a grave she needs to come out of. Because he calls her out. Oh, this is so good. Did you understand? You get it? He calls her out just like he called Lazarus out. Lazarus, come out of that tomb. Mary, come here. Why, why? Why? Because she's in her own grave. Of course he could walk right in to your situation. Of course he could. He's Jesus. He can do whatever he wants. Of course he could walk right into your situation. But maybe he would rather you walk out of yours. Because you're created to be like him. And he's saying, yo, I can, of course I can walk in out of the situation to get you out. But I want you to walk out of yours. There it is. There it is. I got to prove myself to God. I got to walk myself out of my places. Oh, no, no, no. You missed it. Don't miss it. He's not teaching you how to walk. He's teaching you how to want. All he wants is for you to want him. We think the best way to get Mary out of the room is for Jesus to just resurrect Lazarus. And then Mary will quit being mad. In other words, give me what, give me what I want and I'll be okay. But Jesus is saying, no. Nah. Listen, let me help you out. Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some Jesus in it. Uh -huh. Let me help you out. That's not how you get someone out of a pit. That's not how you get someone out of a room. That's not how you get someone out of a fence. That's not how you get someone out of bitterness. That's not how you get someone out of anger. That's not how you get someone out of fear. That's not how you get someone out of hopelessness. Have I covered all of you yet? That's not how you get someone out of sin. That's not how you get someone out of lust. That's not how you get someone out of a pit. No, no, no. The answer is simply this. Hey, Mary. Come here. Come here. Is this... Is this the answer to humanity? And Mary goes out and she falls at the feet of Jesus. It got me thinking of another story. One time these guys pulled a lady who caught an adultery out of the house, which I always wondered how did they know where she was, but that's a whole other story. And they pulled her out and they, they drug her and they threw her. This is where they messed up, y'all. They threw her at the what of feet, Jesus? At the feet of Jesus. So it got me thinking. The answer to humanity, whether you're locked up in a fence or whether you're engulfed with shame, guilt, and condemnation, the answer to humanity is simply coming to the feet of Jesus. And I'm not here to overcomplicate it. Because there's some things in your life, if I'm going to be honest, you got to get over. You got to come out of that room of hurt. You got to come out of that room of shame, out of that room of guilt, out of that room of condemnation, out of that room of I don't feel worthy enough to serve God. You have to come out of that room because Jesus to every single one of us today said, hey, it's me. Come here. It's all about him. He is the gate. He is the way. He's the only one that gets to receive.
restore us. It's all about him. And I know, I know churches have got it wrong for a million years because we've made it all about us and how well we got this figured out. And look at my church and look at how well we love God and look how well we pursue God and look at our programs. And in that, all we did was hurt people. I get it. I get it. But love was ours first. And we mistreated it. Because no matter what, whether you're Mary caught up in a fence or whether you're that lady caught up in adultery, the answer is this hey, come to my feet. I love you. This is not about our pursuit of Him. Ha! As if you could, as if you got it all figured out. This is about his constant pursuit of us. Can I be honest with you? We cannot make too much of Jesus. We cannot make too much about being at the feet of Jesus. We can't leave here thinking more of ourselves than we do about Jesus. Well, I got built up today. It's not about you. It's about him. He's wonderful. He's magical. He's in every way. He's incredible. He's, he's, he's God. It's him. Get over it. Get over it and come to his feet. Get over it and come to, come on, let's stand to our feet, actually. Because I feel like there's maybe a few of you here that, that maybe you have something that you need to get over. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Jesus suffered death that he may taste death for everyone so that by his death he might break the power of sin and death. Here's the thing, is death isn't over, is it? Welcome to Beacon Church, you're all going to die eventually, right? Death is not over, but Jesus overthrew it. So death doesn't hold us. We're over death. Death for a believer is a glorious thing. Because Jesus, see, you don't like that. You're like, oh, no, I don't know about that. It is a glorious, amazing thing. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Father. We're going to sing. Can we sing that last song you sang? Um, 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 uh, 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 be praised. And I just want to invite just for six hours. I'm kidding. But if you're here today, I want this altar to represent the feet of Jesus. And maybe some of you are locked up in a room of your own disappointments. And maybe some of you had made monuments in your life. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you can't get over it. Can I be honest with you? I lost my dad three days after I told God I'm going to serve you. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> I just gave my life to you. You would think, and I'm praying, I'm speaking in the spirit, my dad's going to get healed. And he went on. And you know what? I, I, my wife told me, you pray too good. I said, why? He's, he's really healed. I prayed too good. But you know what I had to do in that season to reach my destiny? Is I had to make a decision to get over it. And this song perfectly, perfectly talks about there's some things you're going to have to get over. And you're going to have to praise him no matter what. Because he's worthy to be praised. And he's not worthy based on your decision. He's not worthy based on your outcome. He's not worthy based on what you're going through. He's worthy to be praised because he is God. So I want to invite some of you down. I don't know if you're, if you're brave enough 
I don't know if you got it in you. There may not be anybody in here that wants to come to the feet of Jesus. And if there's not, I will walk out and I will go to the feet of Jesus. Because at the feet of Jesus is the, that's the answer to humanity. And some of you just refuse. You want to serve him from your room down the hall. But God is saying this morning, I want to heal some of you. I want to set some of you free. I want to restore some of you. But you're going to have to, I'm here. He's here. But you're going to have to meet me there. So we're gonna we're gonna sing this song, and we're just gonna open up the altars, and I might go down there and lay hands on you, if you don't mind, but just for a few moments, we just want to give God the glory, we just want to make Him worthy, and we just want to say, God, thank you for pursuing us, thank you for being there, God, I'm in this room, but I'm coming out, I'm not gonna stay in here anymore. You're here, I'm gonna meet you there. Come on, let's sing. Come on, let's sing. Come on, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Thanks for joining Be The Light Podcast with lead pastor C.B. Barthlow. Visit our website at denverbeacon.org. To download our Beacon app, text Beacon to 97000. Once again, text Beacon to 97000. Whatever you do, please remember to be the light. Let's go! Let's go!